Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. I am excited to have Dr. Meg Blackburn. Uh, Lucy, is it Lucy or Lossy? Lucy. <laughs> well, I got it all wrong. All right, so it's Lucy. Fantastic. Um, she is an author of the international bestseller, The Children of Now, along with several other books, including Conversations with the Children of Now, The Art of Living Out Loud, and The Secret History of Consciousness. Uh, Dr. Meg is the creator of the Touching the Light Healing Modality. We're going to talk about that and offers certification courses. She is an international keynote speaker and lectures worldwide. Uh, Dr. Meg uh, is a Ph.D. of holistic life coaching and holds a doctoral degree in metaphysics. She's a heavyweight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being with me. I'm excited. I, I love what I do, and I love talking about it, and this is just a great opportunity, and I, I'm, I really appreciate everyone out there listening. Absolutely. So um, the Children of Now Evolution, what does that mean? I mean, this is a big deal. Um, no one really has written on this generation. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a huge deal. I When I wrote the first Children of Now, um, I thought we were dealing with a, with a very cool phenomenon with, with uh, you know, a few handfuls of really different on, um, awesome kids that had certain abilities and I got out in the world and I started talking about it and people started asking me questions I had never even considered or related to this subject and over time I kept track of that and I started looking for answers and hence the new book Children Now Evolution uh, it's a huge phenomenon and I first ran into it with my grand- my own granddaughter and then um, later in my uh, alternative healing practice I started to notice that certain kids had certain traits and they fit into kind of certain groups. And as I tracked that, I realized that, wow, you know, something bigger is going on than us. And what I discovered is that we are actually going through a fast-forward evolution of human consciousness. And with consciousness, as it grows, you know, our awareness, our our innate intuitive awareness is expanding and we the generation before them have been exploring that we you know we've looked into into a lot of different things in a lot of different ways and because we did we set the stage so that these kids could come in far more aware and far more intelligent than we could have possibly imagined and um, and with that there are a lot of problems because we you know our psychology and our technology aren't really equal right now our technology is way ahead of us and and our awareness of what's happening with these kids is hasn't been enough and that's why i advocate for them because it's important it's not just 
um, issues and problems. It's not just ADD or ADHD or autism or, or children that remember past lives or, or, or are real intuitive or, or, you know, it's, it's one big picture and it's all relative and, and it's relative to the evolution of us, which is happening very fast. I mean, look at the 50s. Look how simple everything was. I like to use that as an example. You know, we had these TV shows that showed these wonderful family dynamics and, 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 and everything was simple and everybody's word was good. And we went from there in a matter of not very long to now we have so much tech and so much intelligence because of the information that's available that our consciousness is opening and expanding in relation to that um, and vice versa. So um, all of that really prompted me. There's, there's a lot to it. <laughs> what is the demographic of the children of now, roughly? Um, my estimate, there, there's... Because it's such a widespread phenomenon and it includes so many different things, my estimate is 40 to 45% of our most current generation is affected somehow. In, in the autism realm, one out of every 50 children ha- are being diagnosed with autism. Um, there's, there's so many statistics, um, in, you know, relating these categories, but from talking with parents and audiences and, and literally all over the world, I, I present everywhere, I realize this is a global phenomenon. It's not just a U.S. kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, a, it's everywhere in every culture and, and even in the Amazon jungle, and, you know, kids in Egypt and, and Mexico and Peru. And um, I've, I've met them everywhere, and they're just fascinating. They're just fascinating. They're usually really precocious, too. Now, would you, uh, you know, there's some some uh, papers that have been written on this. Uh, there's a lot of scientific evidence on that. Do you think this is possibly, um, when we use the word evolution, uh, do you think a, a, a possibility of a, a new species or breed of human being? Yes, I do. Um, not so much in how we look, but how we're expressing. Um, DNA is a very cool thing. I'm studying it deeply um, for a fiction book I'm working on that I'm not talking about yet. But, um, <laughs> however, <laughs> I, I only said that because um, there's a reason why I'm looking into it so deeply. And I'm studying particularly uh, epigenetics. And epigenetics is when DNA expresses differently without changing its literal format. In other words, it's physical nature. So what that means is that as we uh, evolve, and we're doing it very quickly uh, because of all of the factors that we have now that we never had before, our DNA, which tells us what we look like, how we feel, how our body reacts, how we react to life, and and our environment and everything else, it's always it's always listening, always rearranging the data, and telling our bodies and our beings everything. So now, because of the fast forward factor, we've got this epigenetic. Um, expression going on that's coming along in a really bigger manner than we've ever seen before. And it's how we're able to express all of the data, 
how our minds are rearranging their thinking processes into into compartmentalization rather than straight logic. Um, it's it's happening in our metabolic system. It's happening in the in the way we perceive everything and the way we respond to everything. So yes, ultimately we are becoming something different than we were. The question is, are we going to take it in a really good direction, or are we not going to see the damage that's being done in certain avenues? And would and and are we going to screw it up? It's really up to us to to make those changes. And I'm not a radical, but I am passionate. <laughs> that and and I this is fascinating because um, one of the questions I have is is that you spoke earlier about you know back in the 50s when things were very simple uh, and now you know here we are in this you know fast forward technology age and uh, we're you know technology is creating at the speed of thought um, you, you kind of alluded that there's a bit of a separation there but in terms of evolution there really can't be how do you reconcile that 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 we have uh, this, you know, great advancement in technology, uh, yet we also have uh, this inv- advancement of, of uh, the, this new evolution uh, of children. How, how do you kind of reconcile that? Because, you what know, a great question. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're going to make me work today, and I love it. <laughs> okay, so we, we have this advancement in technology. Uh, what we're doing is we're creating a mirror of what, of what is already possible for us, but we don't know how to get there. So we create it externally. We create the Internet. We create email. We create texting. We create all these things that we could just, at some point in our evolution, do and probably did before what's happening with the kids is because of this because of all of this technology they're getting disassociated and what i mean by that is and i didn't mean that as a separation it's just part of a big picture okay so the kids the kids are learning how to communicate they text they email they social network um, they have video games that are very real and in some cases they look so real it's just ridiculous yeah and and people don't die they get up again after so many times and then they start over and they get that in the media and and there's so many things that are desensitizing our kids and they're not being aware of the interpersonal relationships that we are or we were in generations prior you know there was a great scene on modern family i forget which episode it was when um daryl the older daughter's girlfriend boyfriend came to the door and phil the husband answers the door and he says i'll get i'll get her for you and he says no don't worry i already texted so it was it was a really huge funny statement on the condition of things but i looked at that and i said wow you know what they just said was so powerful in that the interpersonal relationships and therefore even value of life and value of friendship and relationships are being challenged by this that's what i mean by the technologies uh, we haven't caught up with ourselves we don't realize what it's doing to us every day and believe me i'm all for it i'm i have every gadget there is <laughs> because i love that stuff it makes life easier on the other hand we've got to really make sure that we keep these kids communicating on a personal level you know we talk to them and we get them to bring things outside of themselves because in in the way that we're doing things 
everything. We're doing it from behind a cloak, behind the phone, behind the computer, you yeah. know, behind the Facebook page or 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 Instagram or whatever. And there's there's even new sites now that let stuff only go up for a few seconds or a minute and then it disappears. And so, uh, you know, there's there's no time for them to process like we did. You know, we had experiences, we learned, and we we found our way the best we could and hopefully got good guidance around that. Now, they've got so much coming at them so fast and such a different type of intelligence. And at the same time, they're highly sensitive, highly sensitive. They're sentient. They feel everything. They feel everybody and everything in their environment. They they feel other people's feelings, their pain sometimes. They know what their a lot of people's motivations are, and they don't realize that it isn't all theirs. So, is that you said? Uh, if I can, if I can, you made a distinction really between separation and disassociation. Yes. Uh, I really want to capitalize on that because I think that's what people really need to understand is that, uh, so this is not about really separation. This is about disassociation, which is a completely different animal. Completely, and thank you for hearing that. Um, it's it's a real passion of mine. The, the disassociation of our children is why we're starting to see, and I, I, I really don't want to turn this into a negative conversation, but it has to be brought up at least for a minute. Um, it's why we're seeing so many different kids going out and, and, and shooting people or committing heinous acts. It's because they don't have a sense of dead is dead and human and ha- humans have feelings and yeah and this disassociation is causing them to internalize and that in turn creates a, a non-realistic view on things and that is what is getting them into trouble and you know when I was researching to write this book I was just devastated when I searched this subject to cite actual events that they were a dime a dozen and they were all over the world, and I was horrified. So I really, I'm really thank you for hearing that. And it's it's not about being separate. It's about how we how we don't let them do that. How we don't let them disassociate. We get them to communicate instead, and we show them in in turn what their value is by expressing ours. You know, we we've really got to give them good people examples and and life examples because they're getting it all um, in ways that are way too fast and way too hard. Wow, that is fascinating. So uh, when we're talking about uh, disassociation, um, is this the proper time to bring in the bridging generation or the bridge generation? Oh, sure. You could, we could talk about that anytime. We're, we are the bridge the generation. Bridge we, generation bring in and kind of pull together these two sides? How does, how does that all fit together? Sure. Thanks. Um, we're the bridge generation, you and me, and people in, in the generation before these kids. And, you know, a lot of us kind of grew up knowing things, or we might even know once in a while what might happen or who's on the phone. And and if we told people about it, they either A, said, that's not real, or B, that's not okay. And so we hid that part of ourselves, and some people never spoke of it and just quietly were that. And then as we got older, we started to realize, wait a minute, I I have these feelings I don't know how to explain. 
and it's not religion and it's you know it's not a teaching it's a being and a lot of a lot of us over time explored that there've been a whole lot of genres created where people go searching for themselves and and their divine nature and and that kind of thing and all of that's great and that was the beginning and because so many of us did that and considered other possibilities, we let that be a part of the consciousness because all of creation is remembers everything there ever is, was, or will be. It's kind of like recording everything. And so we, by being ourselves and challenging the old dogmas and teachings, actually re- we created possibilities that did not exist before us. That's why I call us the bridge generation. Enough of us explored ourselves and, and, and all that goes with that to the point where now our new generation is coming in with a lot of these abilities intact and it's innate and they think nothing of it. They're, it's just who they are. They're, sen- they're sensitive as heck and they're sentient. They, we have five senses. They use their whole body and they absorb information, not logically, but in little pieces and then it goes into compartments in their minds and then in those compartments, um, all everything assembles as it comes in and makes sense and then they can draw from that. And that's why they, they seem to bounce around a lot. They're feeling so much, they're getting so much information so fast, their mind is processing it, and they just move around to shake it off. You know, too much, too much in this, got to move around, shake it off. You know, it's kind of like coming in out of the rain. And they're being mislabeled as ADD and ADHD, and um, autism is another factor, um, not that, but the kids are getting labeled with these really negative things, and families are having a really hard time, and, and all all they need is information you know all all we need is to understand what's happening why it's happening and then we know what to do about it and that's why i wrote the children of now evolution it's a huge picture this is fascinating because uh you know what what i'm hearing is that you know well you and I probably around the same age. I mean, when we talk about, and you being a, having a doctorate in metaphysics, you understand that we all come here with the same characteristics and traits, but we had to look at it. You know, we had to, to, to hone those uh, traits, uh, characteristics that we wanted to manifest in the, in, in the world, whereas what you're saying is, is the kids are coming in, and they already just have it. It's innate in them. They just, bam, that's it. And uh, so there, I can see where there is a challenge uh, in, in uh, trying to bridge the two. Yeah, it's difficult because you're you're going from a generation that was taught A plus B equals C to a generation that goes A plus Z nine thousand fifty two minus thirty two B X whatever, and they got it all at the same time in all their little places, and we can't keep up with them that way. Um, but we're trying to teach them the way we know, and it doesn't mean we're wrong. It just means we need to upgrade, update our curriculum. It's over a hundred years old for crying out loud, you know. Lots happened since then, and we need to create environments that they're comfortable in, and you won't see these diagnoses. What you'll see is children thriving, and we just need to we just need to change how we're going about it. You know they're real sensitive to visual clutter and oral overload too much sound you know and for instance our our schools are quite institutionally designed and so hard floors hard walls too much in their face posters on the wall everybody's paintings and papers and bookshelves all awry and and hard desks and chairs and whatever tables and 
they're not allowed to move. Or if they do, they get in trouble. And, wow, we're making a mess. And all all they need to do is move around and learn in the way, in the pace and the way that they think. And they're going to thrive. You've, you've got kids that are failing that are brilliant because they just can't. I had one kid say, why should I go backward for a test when I'm light years beyond that already? You know, I, I find that really boring and I don't want to do it. And he was failing. This kid was brilliant. And I, I said, well, honey, all the, you know, all the grown-ups just don't get it yet. Why don't you show them, <laughs> you know, find ways to express yourself where, where you get hurt. Don't, don't go inside and, and make it mad. You know, find ways to make it awesome. And, now, uh, fine line. you know, it's a fine line between, some of the terminology that you use, but you also say you should not necessarily label. No. And I'm using the words because we're talking about different kids with different abilities, and I never, ever in my life meant to intended to label any kid. But in order to communicate, sometimes we need to use those words. But I do want to say that because I learned my lesson after the first one uh, in this series. <laughs> Don't write me and ask me what your label is. I'm going to write you back and tell you all that you are whole and perfect just as you are and that whatever that is, is beautiful. So I'm just saying, but we have issues. We have real issues, and those issues need to be addressed verbally. It's the only way that we can get it out there, you know, so... Um, <laughs> in the book when you say the kids aren't broken um, they're, no. they're, they're differently able yes so many people think because you know this all started with me years ago Philippe when, when little kids would come up and tell me that they remembered who they were in past lives or they remembered picking their parents or they talked to me about multidimensional reality I mean they were blowing me away and I was really excited I was like wow and I'm seeing a lot of them and um, and so they were the ones that I wrote about very innocently, not realizing the greater phenomenon. And unfortunately, because I gave them categori- categorized names, that kind of stuck because the book got so big. <laughs> and um, I really didn't mean for that to happen, and I don't want that to happen now either. But um, there are, you know, there are certain traits of certain sets of kids. And what's beautiful is how well they work together and how socially oriented they are. You know, some of them at 10 and 11 years old create social change very publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one little guy in France. He's one of my favorite stories. He was 10 years old. And he noticed that there were a lot of um, homeless people in his village more than other villages. And he got very upset about that. And he pitched his little red tent by the river in protest. And he said, I'm not leaving my tent until everybody has the same thing. And that caught on, and they called themselves the Children of Quixote. And before it was over, there were red tents along every river in France. This is a true story. Although I'll tell you that just recently I went back to the website, and they changed the story a little bit, and they left the little guy out. He must have gotten too much of attention. Um, Another little guy that I know personally, um, his mom got a call from the high school principal that they were having a food drive, and she's a typical busy single mom. Yeah, don't worry, I'll send something else. He says, no, you don't understand. Your son organized this. And she said, what do you mean? 
And it was the same thing. Not everybody in in at lunch had lunch, number one, or or had even equal lunches, and many kids were doing without. So he decided that he'd have everybody pitch in, and then everybody would get the same thing. I mean, there's story after story how kids go um, invent things. There's one boy that created a, a safety thing for cars. I was I believe it was so you don't forget your kid in the back seat. Um, really brilliant, brilliant little thing he came up with. Wow. Kind of like a strap that stops you from getting out it may remind you, I forget how it works, but it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And they're they're creating technologies. Um, little boy in India, where there's a lot of pe- problem with people breaking in the ho- into their homes, invented a device that um, that immediately alerts on a break in. It's different than a house alarm. It does call for help, but um, it has several aspects to it. I mean, these kids are doing amazing things, and we need to make sure they get what they need. You know, it's interesting what I'm hearing, um, you know, from a, from a metaphysical perspective, uh, you know, you hear the term in metaphysics, cause and effect. These kids sound like they're living completely out of cause. I mean, they, they, you know, you and I, we had to do the cause and effect, wait a little while, and then wait for their, yeah. you know. These kids are now able to just basically live in complete cause, causality, if you will, and just manifest just um, at the speed of thought. Yeah, they they literally are so present and so aware that you and I have to go through a process to get there. They're there instantly. They get it immediately, and they act immediately, and they're powerful, and they don't mind stepping forward, and, and, and it's just crazy how brilliant they are and how brave they are. My granddaughter, I, I mentioned earlier, she is one of those kids, um, her aunt on the other side of the family came down with, um, I can't think of it, uh, cancer of the, um, oh, shoot. I'm sorry, I just got stupid a minute. <laughs> Pancreatic cancer. And my granddaughter was, gosh, I don't know, 10 maybe? And she said, well, what can we do about it? What do we know about it? What you know?" She started looking for, how can I help my Aunt Kathy? And she realized that there is not that much known. It's one of the cancers they don't know much about. And she got disgusted with that. And she started weaving these beautiful little bracelets and selling them for $1 to $3. And before long, she was running a crew of 47 kids out of the school library so that they could make a difference and donate their funds completely 100% to to pancreatic cancer research. This is the kind of, this is the kind of stuff these kids will do if if they're in healthy environments, if they're encouraged, you know, if they're if they're given good positive outlets for all of their all of their mind stuff and their creativity, they can do anything. I'm serious. <laughs> and, and they don't need the process, and they're, they're so astute, sure. so astute. Yeah, one of them told me recently that they they got in trouble for laughing it's in their in class at school, and, and there were a couple kids involved, and they couldn't get a hold of her mom, so they got a hold of the other girl's dad, and the dad asked the the friend what happened, and she, she said, "You know what? You need to tell her she needs to take control of her class because she doesn't have it." <laughs> I mean, they just don't like it. Is they're awesome. But then they're the ones that aren't getting that, you know, they're, they're, it's a whole other story. It's another dynamic here that I'm also hearing. Uh, when we're talking about bridging uh, or the bridge generation, uh, you know, we have the child, we have uh, the parents, but then we also have 
the teachers, and the teachers, I think, are really far, far further back or regress uh, than, if you will, the parents when we're talking about children of now. Uh, that must be uh, extremely frustrating. Uh, what? I thought that was true, Philippe, but it's not. I, When I first wrote the first book, I stood up in front of audiences and I said the teachers need to get it together. You know, they're doing a lot of damage um, and they're overworked and blah, blah, blah. And, and teachers started coming to me and saying, our hands are tied. It's not us. And I found out that they're doing everything they can to help um, these kids. Uh, one woman that I know went back to school and actually got her Ph.D. in education. And what she did was um, um, a living mandala with the kids, and she interviewed them about the art and life and internal stuff. And it was brilliant, brilliant. And a lot of teachers are finding ways to put things in. Um, I talked to an art teacher in Atlanta the other day. I, uh, I was there the other day, and, and she was telling me how she works in um, more metaphysically oriented, spiritually oriented. Um, I, I, I try not to use those terms too specifically because it's really about being, you know. Mm-hmm. But how she works in awesome ways about being into the art class, and here's what we're going to do, and here's how I want you to express, or what I want you to express. And so she teaches the kids to pull things out of themselves in a beautiful, artful way. And a lot of teachers are doing that, but they are literally bound by the curriculum and have to follow it to the letter or they lose their jobs. Wow. So... I'm after the school systems, baby. I'm heck with the teachers. They're awesome. I'm I'm all about who's running this show, and let's get them to pay attention because they are really making a mess. You know, they they took away art and music, and a lot of schools took away physical education, and those are things that keep our kids healthy and balanced, and and learn how to express themselves well. And you know, they don't have books, and I mean, I could just. I could just go on about the school system in general, but worse, what it's doing to these really sensitive kids is just horrifying. You know, we talk about, in the book, you talk about these various different um, uh, disorders, you know, ADD, ADHD, bipolarism, uh, uh, Asperger's, uh, Asperger's uh, syndrome. Uh, what I'm hearing is is that when when these children are labeled or given these labels uh, apparently from uh, you know some some medical uh, uh, expert, um, what is your take on that? Is that something is that something where the parents should step back and say, wait a minute, uh, this is not uh, who my child is. This is not my child. Well, and here's the problem: the parents are being pressured. Um, societally, by the schools, just they want everybody to behave a certain way, and our bodies don't work that way anymore, so it's impossible. But what's happening is parents are getting bullied into medicating their kids so that they conform. I actually had, when the first book came out, I had parents notifying me, emailing me, calling me that social services had been to their door and they were told without any 
gout that if they didn't medicate their child, that that child would be taken away from them. Wow. I, don't know, I don't know what their circumstance was, but I know it happened more than once, uh, multiple occasions, and, uh, and that just I heard about. And the, the, here's the problem, okay? We are comprised of a whole lot more than just a physical body. We are comprised uh, purely of energy, and that energy organizes and arranges in order to reflect as us. And part of that is we have this whole field of, of different parts that are energetically communicating with everything that we do and everything and everyone around us, and it's part of our more sentient nature. And the medical community does not understand, believe in, or even recognize that subtle energy exists, even though scientifically it's being measured in, in laboratories by um, scientists in other countries, and I'm not sure about now, but um, Lynn McTaggart's work is real good about that. She wrote a book about the field. It's called The Field. Um, if you want to know more about who's studying what, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, we we express light as as we live, we emote, we you know we exist. We literally express light, and that's part of who we are. Well, the medical community doesn't consider that, so neither does pharmacology. And pharmacologically, there are things being put into drugs and vaccines that affect the subtle energy field. Case in point mercury in vaccines it went on for years supposedly it's illegal now but you still have to check the batches if you want to make sure um and because they're they're good for a long time and mercury as an example is used as a carrier agent for the actual uh what makes you immune to the disease and by the way i think vaccines are great it's just this other part that's not Mm-hmm. have done a lot of good, so please don't hear me as a fanatic against them. Um, so mercury was used as a carrier to carry the stuff through the body that makes you immune to polio and diphtheria and all these other things they give it to you for. Mercury has been studied for use as fuel to for interstellar travel. It can be in a gaseous state, it can be in a liquid state, and it's it's got a lot of its own dynamics. And besides that, it's conductive. So as the other, uh, some of the other stuff they use, um, it's all listed in the book. And so you put mercury into a healthy body that's got a lot of real high-frequency harmonics, which is what these kids have. When we expand intellectually and energetically, our frequencies get higher. And each of us has our own set, and they're all different. They're all each of us is unique. You know. Creation couldn't exist without any one of us. It would implode because that's how important we are in the whole scheme of everything energetically. Mm -hmm. So you put a vaccine into a kid, a child, that's got a conductive agent and they've got a high-frequency energy field, that field is going to respond by expanding due to the conductivity of the mercury. When the field expands... 
several different things happen. First of all, consciousness is energy. It's not our brain. Our brain is electrical. Consciousness fills every cell, and as it does, it's electromagnetic. So it's not bound by time or space or anything, and it's movable and flexible, and it does that as a, does that as a matter of course. Well, when you expand the energy field by putting a foreign substance into a child like that, that's that high frequency and already already sentient, it pushes consciousness away from the body to different degrees, depending on the harmonics of that child. So that's why we have such a wide spectrum of autism, and they can't figure out why, is because they're not looking at what's happening to consciousness and the energy field. They're only looking at physical things, like a lot of these kids have seizures, and so then they call after they're, they're fine, and then they have the vaccines, and I've witnessed it personally the day the child, a normal child, had a vaccine, was on the floor having seizures, and I've seen this, I can't even count how many times. Mm-hmm. So the pharmaceutical companies and the medical establishment really need to get their act together because the other piece of that is that the drugs that they're giving to kids to settle them down are actually not made or approved for use in pediatrics. They're made for adults that have psychological disorders and they're giving them to children and then the children are coming up with psychiatric disorders, really bad ones. And they were fine before that. And it's and so it, there's so much push from the drug companies. I mean, look at the commercials on TV. Go to almost any doctor's office, and they have a flat screen playing drug commercials. <laughs> it's 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 gotten out of hand. And all of that, all of that, has really put parents in a feeling of powerlessness. You know, to go back to the original question, I say advocate for your child. Stand up, say yes or no, whatever you feel is best for your child because it's your child. It does not belong to society. It is your flesh and blood, and you have every right and reason to say yes, I will, or no, I won't. You know, and a lot of parents are are doing things differently. They're homeschooling, or whenever they can, they go to private schools that um, are more flexible. There's there's been a number of grassroots schools that have come up over the last, um, you know, six or ten years, mm-hmm. um, trying to gear towards these new kids. And I, I think it's brilliant. We just need more of it. You also talk about. Um you know, we talk about vac- vaccinations. Uh, you, you also talk about genetically modified foods. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know what? I knew nothing about that when I started writing about it. <laughs> and I started researching fully. And i got to tell you, I was terrified at what's happening in our bodies and, 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 and from foods we trust and eat every day. Genetically modified foods. It, what happens is there is an insertion of DNA from some other origin, whether it's another plant, an animal, even human DNA has been injected into plants. So go figure that. Yeah. And and it's a totally against our nature. We don't eat each other. But I'm telling you, and the, the studies are cited in the book, and they've they've put fish genes and frog genes and and round up into the uh, so that plants are inured to bugs. Um, they're so the plants are part round up, and 
I mean, I could go on and on, but the, the genetically modified foods are causing our bodies to metabolize differently. We are having to mutate our metabolism in our entire food chain in order to keep up with what's happening in the foods that we eat because they go through the whole thing, the whole food chain. And for instance, we talk about people not doing gluten. Well, it's not as much the gluten, but all the parts thereof, such as gliadin, things like that. Those are causing, when they when they get metabolized, they cause proteins um, and, and other different parts of the, of the metabolysis to plug into cell receptors that they don't belong in, particularly the thyroid. So when that breaks down, it plugs into the thyroid receptors. The, the thyroid gets information that, oh, my receptor's full. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. Um, it's also affecting the autoimmune system. We're seeing more kids with great allergies with asthma than ever before. And the, the, it's a waterfall of physical problems that we're seeing, obesity um, in a lot of kids, um, and then the and then the um, hormones they add on top of that. Now we have kids, children maturing at, you know, eight nine years old, and and boys growing breasts, and and all of that is is directly relative to the genetic uh, altering of our foods. And it's scientifically documented. I'm not a fanatic. I was very careful about this research, and I I I consulted specialists everywhere possible and put put the story together with what I found out and it's just mind-blowing um, how our body is acting differently and the other piece of that whole thing is inflammation a lot of kids and, and adults are having problems with inflammation joint pain fibromyalgia which is a huge blanket diagnosis mm-hmm. um, but but tissue inflammation all of that relative to the GMO subject this is amazing you're one of the most fascinating persons I know thank you <laughs> I worked really hard to get this right <laughs> So I can see, so, you know, we, 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 there's not enough coffee in the world to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you uh, about this. Uh, how can people get uh, in contact with you, your book, uh, and what you're up to? And then after that, tell, I want to talk about um, uh, your, your uh, touching the light healing modality. Uh, but how can we get in contact? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, my main website is spiritlight.com. That's spirit. L-I-T-E dot com, not L-I-G-H-T. Um, and it's an easy, real user-friendly site, and there's a lot of free stuff on there. Um, my schedule's on there, so if you want to know where I am, just go to Dr. Meg's schedule or whatever. It, you'll know what it is. I forget how it's worded. Um, and um, there's also on the homepage, there is a couple. there are a couple of links that you can click to see if your child is a crystalline child or a star kid. Um, there's a lot of traits there that we never have time to talk about on these shows. So um, if you want a quick reference, go there. And um, my email is drmeg, Dr. Meg, at spiritlight.com. Um, and the book is the, Ch- the Children of Now Evolution. And I love to capitalize evolution. So if you see anything from me, <laughs> I want to make my point. Um, it's available. It just came out this last week. 
and it's doing great. You can get it at all your favorite bookstores. Um, Amazon has a really good price on it, I noticed, um, and uh, but all the bookstores have it. And if they don't, you can ask for it. They can certainly order it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So- about the touching the touching the light healing modality. What is what is that? It is a modality that I developed. I'm kind of weird. I think I know you well enough. Let's just talk, okay? I I'm kind of weird. I see things. I see energy. I see the etheric anatomy that I was talking about earlier. And over time, I learned what different things in different places meant and how to make changes in those so that whatever was happening in life or in the body would change. It would, it would, it would completely, uh, turn into something different or tumors would go away. I saw so many very cool things. I, uh, heart valve normalized. I mean, I, I, I've seen the gamut and I've, I've seen it not work like anybody else, but it, when we work with the entire etheric anatomy anything is possible because everything is possible always and so this modality um, I practiced for years which is what I was doing when I started noticing the kids a long time ago and I actually teach this now as a a year-long certification course with full rights I mean to use everything I've got um, because I'm all about getting it out there it's not about me it never was it's about wow how many of us can make that big of a difference and so that's my kind of my my mission statement in a nutshell (laughs) I call it a, a vast contribution to the changing future of medicine because I'm all about how we and modern medicine can come together and work with people holistically, literally holistically, um, from the subtle fields to the physical. And I'm actually teaching this to physicians now, and they're awesome, and they're they're incorporating it in their work, and they're they're starting to give public talks. And uh, I, I'm so excited because uh, we don't even know anything's possible until we know it it, it exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. This is fascinating. You are just fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. You are just fascinating. Um, last question, that is, for those who are listening. So so uh, parents, teachers, go and get this book, The Children of Now, uh, how we can support the fast-forward evolution of our children and all of humanity. What would be, uh, if you could answer it, uh, the first thing that that a parent and or teacher should do after reading the book or just listening to this interview? They'll know because this isn't just a new book. It's a wake-up call. Mm. And and what it is is the reason I say it that way is they will have awareness that they didn't have before they read those words. And it's very well put together in a very organized way so that every facet of this whole phenomenon is addressed but in a way that everybody can understand it. And it is a wake-up call, and they'll know that. They will know that, but they'll also have the answers they've been looking for. Because as you said, there aren't very many people writing about this stuff, or or at least from the perspective that I do. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege to help everyone uh, get that book in their hands. Uh, I really mean that. I am so honored and privileged of having you uh, on the show, and I'm going to, I'd like to invite you back because I think Thank that you. lots to talk about. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I want to have you come back in a little while and, and talk about 
you know, the journey of, of, of authorship with this book and, and, and the feedback that you've received from parents, children, and teachers, uh, and talk about, you know, get a, get a little deeper into the characteristics and traits uh, that you outline in the book as well. I'd love that. Thank you so much. You are awesome. Thank you for being with me today. My pleasure. All right. You take care. You too, Philly. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye.